You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur podcast. Today we have Amanda Francis with us from Star Kids. Amanda, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse? Like what kind of nurse um, are you or have you been? And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay, that can change daily, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, I have been a nurse since 2006. Um, I started in pediatrics. That's all I wanted to do. That was where my heart's desire was. And as we all know, as nurses and anybody else in this world, um, things change. And my husband lost his job in 2007 and we decided I needed to go to work full-time, which meant I needed to find a full-time position. And unfortunately on the floor I was working, there wasn't anything available. Um, we found, I was able to find a position in a long-term acute care. Uh, LTAC world. And I started with them in case management, moved into marketing, which I loved, 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 loved meeting new people every day, telling them about what I do, loving to hear all about them. And then um, went back into case management as things shifted in, in my personal life and as things changed. And uh, from case management, I went into a corporate role where I worked as a Basically, I worked in payer relations, and what I did is I worked with insurance companies. I worked with the highest acute patients, and the goal was to get these patients inside the LTAC, which if you know anything about the LTAC world, it's, that's not an easy thing to do all the time. So it was a great experience. And then from there, I worked as an administrator for another home health care agency and then decided to start my own, and that's where we are right now. So what was, um, I mean, did you just wake up one day and say, okay, I'm going to start my business or how, how did that kind of happen? <laughs> All right. If we're going to be honest, we're going to be honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't like listening to podcasts when I can tell someone's not being honest. So let me assure you, <laughs> I woke up one morning and I didn't want to go to work. I woke up the next morning and I didn't want to go to work. I called my husband crying one day and bawling. And I, I, I hate to admit that. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I'm going to admit it. <laughs> and I said, what did I do? Why did I take this position? There are things that are going on here that, that don't flow for me. They, they, they go against maybe some of, you know, what my ethics are um, and where I thought my integrity, you know, was. And it was just fighting me every day. I could feel it was fighting me. And, and I just, I couldn't do it. And I, I called him in there and I said, you know, I, I think I need to think of a different plan and, um, you know, make a change. And he was so incredibly supportive, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. And he said, you know, why aren't we doing this? You know, he's been asking me for 10 years to start this company and he has a background in architecture. He doesn't have a background in, in anything medical. And I thought, okay, listen, you don't know anything. <laughs> you don't get to make that suggestion to me. <laughs> and then I started looking around me and realized, why don't I? Why not? If I think I could do this better, 
why not? And so I said, okay. And it, it was the first time I've said, okay, or yes to anything like that. And um, we happened to be going to Mexico that weekend for, to celebrate his birthday. And we came up with the, we came up with the logo. We came up with the, you know, our vision and our mission and what do we want to do? You know, how do we want this to work? And we did that away from everything. We did that away from my kids. We did that away from, you know, the career page. We, we did that from everything where it could just be us. And what do we want for us? And what do we want for our family? And what are our goals? And it was, it, that three days was pretty life-changing for me in, in a great way. Yeah, I think so, that's a really important first step that people kind of miss. And especially when they're, you know, going after like a particular business and they say, oh, I'm going to start IV hydration or something. But they miss that yeah. whole, like, why am I doing this? What is my vision? What is my mission? And those can't be, you know, overstated. Like, you really have to be in alignment with what you want to do to make it happen. It's so true. It's so true. And I was coming from a place for the first time in my career. I mean, we all deal with little bits and pieces here and there that maybe don't align with our own views and our own thoughts and our own feelings. And we can overcome those or usually we find workarounds, you know, or we tell ourselves, well, it's okay. You know, that's okay for right now, you know, but coming from the place where I was, it became, um, it became a, why are we doing it this way? We should be doing it this way. And then me, not necessarily arguing with the owners, but I'm finding myself saying this would be easier for this if we did it as, you know, something this way. But if we're keeping the patient in mind, and if the patient is first and foremost, then we really should be looking at it, maybe doing it this way. Then it, it was more about the bottom line and, and things like that, as we've all heard many times. And, and that's important too. I certainly don't want to take away from that. That's important too. But for me, and, and I'll tell you a little bit about my personal background after this, it was a huge punch to the gut. It was like, you know, no, this is not why I became a nurse. And, and maybe I don't have hands-on nursing necessarily anymore. The patient is still first in my mind. And I feel like if we align ourselves to that thinking, then we can get there. So that's why when we were sitting on the beach talking about this, I was so scared. I can't even tell you <laughs> as excited as I would was, I can tell you I had the, the equal amount of fear and sort of that feeling of who am I to do this? Who, who am I to say, let's make a change? You know, who am I to say, who's, you know, you can follow me. You can believe in me, you know, come with me. Let's do this together. And I had to really, really kind of consider, you know, do, do I have the, I don't, what's the word? Do I have the gumption? Do I have the moxie? Moxie. Do I have that to make this happen? Yeah. And, oh my God. That's so powerful. And because, you know, I think that's like the one fear because we'll say a lot of times I'll hear nurses say, well, I'm a perfectionist. I'm this, I'm that. Right. And I'm like, no, like just admit it. Like you're scared that you're not the one that's supposed to be doing this. Like there's mm -hmm. that deep seated fear that you're not worthy, you're not good enough, there's somebody better. Mm -hmm. And you know, who are you to take on this responsibility and change the world? 
you know, a I mean, thousand percent. <laughs> yes, you nailed it. And and I've learned that. I've learned that too from other people that I'm not alone in this. I've read a lot about imposter syndrome and different things like that. And and I've really appreciated that that input and that sort of that new key phrase of imposter syndrome, right? And 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 what that means. And and I keep telling myself, well, we're not big, we're not huge. It's okay. You're not there yet. It's you know. <laughs> just keep going. Everything's going great. You know, and you have to quietly tell yourself that sometimes, but ultimately what gives me that kind of that push to, to really love this is to know I'm, I'm making a change quietly, maybe for one person, one child, one family who is connected to this child every day by supplying them with with a nurse or supplying them with that extra support in their home that they need to get through the day. Cause I know what a lot of these families are up against. Yep. I know how hard that can be. Yeah. So when you came back from uh, your vacation in Mexico and it was real <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, I'm actually going to do this. Like what yeah. were the, like the first couple of steps that you took? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, so I had to leave my job. Obviously, I could not be working for another agency and be making these plans. And so I, we made plans to do that. The next step was business license. Um, Got to contact the city, right? And then from there, we started really diving into CMS and Medicare and Medicaid because we knew that these children we wanted to work with were mostly funded. Their private duty nursing was mostly funded through the state. And each, each state has their own Medicaid plan and they have a bit of an umbrella, right? And, and so we, we had to figure out, and I already knew a little bit, I want you to know in my background, I already knew a little bit, this wasn't coming out of the blue for me, um, but I didn't know Medicare as well as I thought I knew Medicare. And in the state of Utah, where we're located, you can't, you can't bill Medicaid without billing medic or without having a Medicare license. Oh. It's the rules out here. How about yep. that? <laughs> yeah, for, for what we do. Yeah. So we got to go through survey and, and nurses, you, you know, Katie, you hear the word Jayco and you just, you know, it's a, it's a, t- <laughs> a tiny spaz freak out, you know, <laughs> but in all reality, it took us 20 months from Mexico to licensure ready to go, taking on patients and starting a revenue cycle. So we thought, okay, and I don't want to discourage anybody from doing this. So please just hear me. <laughs> we thought we would be done in 90 days. <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> Lessons learned, my friends, right? <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because once you start going down the rabbit hole and you start spending the money, it's like your 90 days come and go, but you can't stop because you're like Uh -uh. in the thick of it and, you know, 20 months goes by quickly and you're like, oh, how about that? It didn't take 90 days. There were some days, there were some days that felt like three years and then there were other days that were like, wait, I just woke up, you know, it, 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 it shifted every day. It was quite the, quite the roller coaster. Um, so, so tell us about the the private duty that you ended up um, putting together, and what was kind of the philosophy behind how you put it together. Great, yeah. So uh, we focus on the private duty nursing, which is basically shift care. 
So um, we do, instead of like many, many people in home health believe that the nurses go out for one hour visits and they go from house to house to house to house to house. Well, at Star Kids, that's not what we do. What we do is we go in and we do um, like a, a nine to five shift, um, either in the, in the evenings or in daytime and, and those hours can change. Um, but basically we are stopping for um, caregiver work for true nursing, skilled nursing shift care work. And we do this a lot of times it's through the night for these families who have children with ventilators and tracheostomies who require some kind of technology um, to maintain a decent quality of life. Um, so we have vents, trachs, G-tubes. Those are our favorites. That's our trifecta. And then we, we see a lot of kiddos with anoxic brain injuries who have been through some kind of trauma. Um, and we see, um, we see kids, I mean, our oldest right now is 26. So they might've been born with the congenital anomalies and different things like that, um, but they're still kids at heart. So they're my patients and we love them. So I, I could cry when I talk about these kids. I hopefully won't embarrass myself and do that. But. <laughs> you might make me cry if you talk about them too much. <laughs> Well, so we got into this. I can. Do you want, I'm going to start into that a little bit because it's really the basis for why we, why I've done everything I've done. And I say I, but it's a we. It's definitely a we. Um, so when I was 21, um, I had been married for four months, and we found out we were expecting a baby, and it wasn't planned, and it caught us off guard, and it was not a nurse. Okay, and we found out that our son was going to be born basically he would be born to live or, or to, he would be born to live and then he would likely die within minutes. So we had to absorb all of that information and that was a, a long road. And then what ended up happening when he was born, um, they were able to see a connection from his pulmonary artery to his heart where in the beginning they didn't see that. And he was ended up being diagnosed with something called CHARGE syndrome as in charge a credit card, C-H-A-R-G-E. And he was blessed. And I should say we were all blessed with this diagnosis because it's never just the child, right? It's, we, we're all involved in this now. We're all knee deep in it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because you love this child so much. And it's like, you're gonna do anything. And you make that commitment when we have kids, don't we? That we're gonna do anything we can. And he came home and we could not go home without nursing. We lived in a two bedroom town home. <laughs> I mean, you guys, we were first married. We had no money. It was, <laughs> it was quite the riot. And then all of a sudden now we have an adult in our home with us for these extended hours at a time. It was a massive invasion of our privacy. And I'm not putting that on the nurse at all. It's just, you know how it feels. Yep. And it was hard. It was really hard. I mean, I was waking up at six o'clock in the morning to put my makeup on, to do my hair and to vacuum the family room so that I could feel like I wasn't being judged by this amazing nurse in my home. And of course, here we are 19 years later. <laughs> when I meet my new moms, I beg them, sleep in as late as you possibly can. Get up at the very last minute. Look like crap. It's fine. Just get up and do your thing. Be you, you know, but that's what it was for us is we had a nurse in our home, um, constantly. 
but without the nurse, without the nurse, this is where I'm gonna cry. Without the nurse, we couldn't, we couldn't have stayed a family unit. I can tell you the pressures that were involved with the amount of surgeries that my son was going through, the intensity of the surgeries, um, how it, it constantly felt like I was on death's doorstep with him and this chronic PTSD that you can't just, you know, wish away. It doesn't work that way. And anyway, he, uh, without the nurses, we wouldn't have gone on to have three more beautiful children. And we, I, I shouldn't say we wouldn't have, I, I wanna be careful. I just, but at the same time, I can tell you it was extreme. And these events that happen to these families and looking from an outside perspective, they are extreme and nobody plans for these things. You know, how devastating for someone to think who doesn't live in this, how devastating that would be to go through and what that means for them. Nurses can see it because they can understand and there's a lot of empathy. I will give nurses so much credit for that. There's many of them that have the empathy and the compassion and the love within them to see what this can do, what this type of diagnosis and this kind of need can, can it, your family can either implode or it can succeed. And it's really, it's really one or the other. When you're in it as a family though, you feel like you're in limbo, you know? So I decided when my son was three to go to nursing school and that's where my journey into nursing school that we talked about kind of went to. I had no desire in the beginning to become a nurse. <laughs> I, I was a, I was kind of a, a money person. I love the marketing piece. There's all of that. But I started seeing the bills coming home. And I started seeing you're charging what for what? Um, and I can go into that if you'd like more information. But for me, it was right then. It was I'm going to follow the money. I'm going to follow this. This seems crazy. This seems not right. This doesn't seem fair. And I'm looking at it from a perspective of to my son. You know, I put that in air quotes, fair. <laughs> so I am, um, so that's what I did. I went to nursing school and the goal of mine went too was to become a peds nurse, but there were some things I just, I needed to fix. We need to fix this. I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> and I laugh now because I know how small I am in that cog, that, that big, you know, wheel that we're all running in, right? We're, we're all, we're all just trying to keep track of what we're doing. And I realized how humble, how I was humbled in nursing school to realize number one, how small I really was. And, and I thought, well, how much difference can I really make? But then that's when you start seeing one patient at a time and trying to make the difference, you know, that way with one patient at a time. And that was my goal every day was I'm going to try very hard as a peds nurse I want these families leaving feeling like someone here really cared about their child, really cared about their situation and that I got them. And that mattered to me. It mattered deeply to me because we had some nurses that really made us feel that way and, and others not so much, unfortunately. So, so how did you, um, how were you able to build that kind of experience that you had into your own business to make sure that, um, you know, the people that you were hiring would have the empathy that, that would make the difference like the nurses did for you and your family? So true. It's so true. So 
Um, I'm a watcher. I don't know if you like people watching. I love people watching. I love kind of seeing my environment, um, kind of absorbing, taking it all in. And I did that a lot when I was a new nurse. I watched. I mean, we do that as new nurses anyway. We watch our mentors, right? So I would watch and man, there were some nurses that just were absolutely incredible, just blew me away at their skill set and how great they were. Cause I'll tell you what, I still cannot start an IV to save my life. Okay. Like I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm kind of going against the creed by admitting that, but it's true. <laughs> but I, I knew I had these other nurses to depend on and I'd watch them and I'd watch them in the hospital setting and how they acted versus the nurses in my home setting. And there was just one glaring difference. And the real difference was experience. And it had to do not with necessarily nursing experience, but with their own personal, um, their own personal understanding of the world. I really don't know how else to explain it other than their ability to empathize with the patient, but then understand that when you do that, you have a mother watching you. Are you empathizing with the mom too? Or are you solely focused on the child? Or are you solely focused on the mother and not paying attention to the child? And having the ability to see that you don't ever just have one patient in private duty nursing. It's just not the way it works and understanding that you have a role to play with everybody in that in that family. It can put a lot of pressure on you, you know, and I don't mean to. I feel like if you're a nice person and a nurse who's willing to learn, you'll do great. So that's what I look for. When I talk to my nurses, I kind of give them our interviews, maybe candidates for the job. We, we talk about, you know, certain scenarios and what would you do and and how would you how would you handle certain things? And they're very specific to home life, not, not, not work, not hospital life, because there's a huge difference. You know, there's, there, you don't have the extra support all around you all the time. You don't necessarily have all of the equipment that you need to have. So what do you do? How do you handle that? You know, how do you move forward? And then the other piece too is, is understanding that what you say <laughs> is a massive reflection on the rest of us. And, you know, having that kind of emotional intelligence to understand that, you know, it's not just about you. And, you know, you're moving into a different role when you enter this patient's home. And then when you leave, you can go back to being you and leave the drama behind or whatever. But it's, it's important that I can get a grasp of where these nurses are emotionally and what they can manage. And that's how I know we have very little turnaround. I feel like it's been a great um, process. It's worked out really well for us. Yeah, because that was going to be the next thing I asked because a lot of uh, private duty or home health agencies, they struggle with their staff and the turnover yeah. and getting people to go out and that kind of stuff yeah. and, and how you deal with that. Yeah, I, it's maybe I make them feel uncomfortable when I cry and they don't want to quit. <laughs> <laughs> if you quit, I'm going to cry. And then, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can tell you though that there is not one nurse on my team that I don't love, that I don't, that I wouldn't invite to my home, that I wouldn't, um, that I wouldn't want to talk to in the middle of the night if they're having problems. So we're we're still small. I mean, we still have right now we're you know 50, maybe close to 60 nurses. We're still pretty small. 
That's compared small. To, uh, yeah, compared to other home health agencies, it's very small. So, but I, I love them. I love what they do. I appreciate what they do. Uh, they all have a strong um, love for these patients. It has to come from somewhere. It doesn't just magically appear. You have to bond with these kids because you're there day in and day out and you will feel it if you don't. It will not be the right fit if you don't. And I watch them and man, it's so fun to watch these kids just see their nurse and it's like their best buddy just walk through the door and they get so excited. <laughs> some of them are bed bound. Some of them can't get up. Some of them can't even move their face fully. And you can just see how excited they are because Susie's here and she's going to play games with me and she's going to teach me how to listen to my own heartbeat while we do it. You know, <laughs> something like that. Because <laughs> it takes a special nurse to understand that we're not just you know, doing vital signs, you know, we're, we're, we're playing with them as we do it. We're talking to them. We're asking them about their day. So. Yeah, that, that, that's, and that comes from, that comes from you as well, because there are tons of, of private duty nursing agencies out there that don't have, they don't curate the staff or they don't keep the staff. Um, and what you've been able to do comes from your leadership and your expectations of, of your staff. So that would not exist without you. Um, oh. And, you know, there's, there's, I, you know, I don't know if you can bottle up what you're doing <laughs> because it's like, it sounds like the cure <laughs> to like whatever everybody else is doing wrong. But um, oh. Well, we, I mean, I'm sure we've made mistakes. I'm sure we have. I, I, you know, I can think of the stuff that we've done in the office, especially leading up to getting our licensure. But the real bottom line is, and I'm going to go back to what I said before, is keeping in mind that I have a son with these special needs, right? With the trach and the feeding tube and all of those things going on. If we keep these kids front and center and we recognize what they need and then we take into account what their family needs, how can you go wrong? How can you possibly go wrong? I mean, if you're if you're doing it in conjunction as a team, you know, and that's the way we set things up too, is we set things up each family as a team. And that family has their nurses, we have a team leader, and then they're part of a bigger team, which is the Star Kids team. And so when we come in together and we do our in-services and things like that, it's very important that they understand that they belong. They have a place, they have a home, they have a, you know, a place to land if they need it. And that's super important to me because when I worked in home health, I didn't always feel that way. You feel incredibly autonomous, almost to the point where you're like your own little island and you feel like you're the only one that's, you know, paddling a canoe with this family in it. <laughs> so it's, it's important to us that start kids. And I'm really not just saying this, this is not a marketing thing here. It's important for us to, to know who we're bringing on we go in and we interview these families before we bring them on. We make sure they're going to be a good fit with us. And we make sure that they understand how we work in the office before we even admit them. So that there's no confusion. I mean, that communication is key to the whole process. So how do you get these families to come to your, uh, to your business or to start right. kids? Yeah. So the first couple families, heaven bless them. I hope they listen to this. They came over because they were my friends. <laughs> it's the truth, okay? Um, we run in circles with these special needs kids. 
because we're part of the schools for the deaf and blind. My son is deaf and blind. And so we have met some of the most incredible, I mean, just incredible people that they don't let their child's diagnosis define their family. It's a part of their family, but it doesn't define them. They have moved on to do great things to help other people. They're compassionate, caring, and they're generous. I mean, so generous. And so when I called and talked to a few of them and said, we're doing this, I, I could see the hint of what now? Like what? Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? And then came the, the feeling, I could tell it was this feeling of relief. Like, yeah, if, if this works, they're going to get us. They're going to understand us. They're going to understand that we can't go one or two or three nights without a nurse. That's yeah. the real zombie mom. It's the real deal. And so I feel like that's what we did. It started off that way. And then word of mouth, these parents talk to each other. You know, these families know each other. And I'm getting to know the different physicians around the area that I just, they're doing really wonderful things on their own time, on their own time. That's the other key. I asked my nurses, what do you do in your spare time? You know, and, and how does it evolve other people? And, you know, that gives me a really good idea of how, what the treatment's going to be like. And that's very important to us because we try and put that out there, bring these families in to say, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. And we're honest about it, but that's only because I know, I think I know what they're looking for because of my own personal experience. So it's hard, that goes into another. It, it's hard not to bring up my own personal experience as well. I, I'll tell you, that's a challenge. And I don't know, I'm sure other nurses have that challenge too when they have things going on in their lives because you want to connect with the families you're working with. And you have to know what the timing, timing is key with yeah. that. I don't always want to blast them with, oh my gosh, I've totally been there, done that. You know, that, that is not what families want to hear. Yeah. Or you think that's bad. You should hear what happened to me. <laughs> like a competition of some kind, right? It's terrible. So it's, it's really just about, you know, learning when the timing's right to, to let them know why we did this. So they understand why our heart's in this, you know, and that it's lit. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Amanda, so what, uh, what is, um, what is like the vision for where you are now versus where you're going? I mean, are you happy with the size of your company now or is it, did you want to get bigger, go all 50 states, franchise, like what is kind of the vision for this? <laughs> okay, so that's evolving, right? Everything, I, I used to be very finite in my thinking with this, 20 patients, we're good to go. We don't want any more than that. I want to keep the quality where it is. I love to know each of these kids' names. I know when some of their birthdays are. I love knowing their siblings' names. And then I'm starting to realize, I'm starting to realize that what we're doing is very good and what we're doing is working. And we're almost at our 20 patient mark. And I feel like there's other children out there who, who need help. They need help. And that's not fair for me to say, well, we brought all these other 20 children into the fold, but you're number 21. So I'm really sorry, you know, late, maybe next time. I, we hear that as special needs parents all the time, whether we're on waiting lists for waivers or we're waiting for doctor's appointments, we're always just that close, but 
not really, sorry, you know, that's how it feels. And I started thinking about that a little bit. And it's like, you know what, if I can keep hiring the right nurses, then we'll keep going. If, if we can keep the staff feeling like they're part of the team and that we're doing what's right and it's working, we're gonna keep going. Um, I love them. I, I see what they go through. I, I don't want to sound disparaging to other agencies. I just want to point out that most of them have a Medicare side and a pediatric side. The pediatric side gets very much viewed as sort of the redheaded stepchild of the group. You know, it's not fair. It's, but yet we have, we have our, the Medicare group that, that totally gets covered. And all the nurses are there and they focus all their attention and, and monies towards that area of their agency. We don't have that to fall back on. We are exclusively and only with pediatrics. And so that's where we're geared. That's where the entire office is geared. That's where the scheduler's geared. That's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> so I wouldn't know the first thing about Medicare home health. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, if I had that need, like I would definitely want a pediatric centric private duty yeah. agency. Like that would be really, really important to me. Yeah. As yeah. opposed I think to, because a lot of nurses right. don't, you know, they're not as well trained with the kids. And I, I mean, that's everything. Yep. And I find that they're scared of the kids too. I, yeah. <laughs> scared, nervous, maybe. Yeah. Especially, you know, our, their body systems are different. They're smaller. They're more compact. We do have to measure meds and, and breathing treatments and different things differently because of that. Height and weight matter. <laughs> but in all honesty, if a nurse is kind and compassionate and generous and she has, you know, a baseline skill set, I, I can train, I can train them. I can train them. Just show me that you can smile and have a sense of humor and, and can be flexible in your personality. And you have to know what that means. You have to have that flexibility and, and be adaptable or it will not work. It, I've had those nurses in my home and it's like talking to a fern plant. It doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry, my ferns out there. I love you too. It's just maybe not the right fit. <laughs> There's a place for everybody. <laughs> That's right. There totally yeah. is. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Amanda, I love I love this story. I I love your passion um, for the kids and and the this private duty business. And uh, you know, I love to see what a success uh, you have made of this um, and for the kids because that's what it that's what's coming through like intensely is that okay. this is all about um, the kids for you and and helping out these families. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you, learn more, learn your secret sauce for managing, uh, for managing <laughs> nurses, like uh, where can they find you? Okay, so you can find us, I'm gonna give you my website first. It's www.starkidshc.com. If you're wondering, the HHC stands for home healthcare. <laughs> and then our, you know, you can, you can reach me by email. It's just Amanda Francis at starkidshc.com. Awesome. You reach out to me, anybody. Yeah, I'm open to that. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>